Hello, hello! I'm Ryan, your hostess with the mostess, and welcome to the Badcom Podcast! Woo! I hope you're all having a wonderful day so far, whatever time it may be, whatever day it may be. Hope it's going great, and thank you so much for checking out the very first episode of this wonderful series. Woo! As you can probably tell in the name, Bad Com Podcast, this, ep- this episode and all the future ones of the series shall be creative, created, wrote up, but hopefully creative too, wrote up, produced, edited, conceptualized by Bad Comedy, McAllister College's best and only sketch comedy group. So normally, in a regular year, Badcom does things a little bit differently. We normally write a bunch of sketches, as a sketch comedy applies, write a bunch of sketches, and then we do two semester-end shows where we would make our peers laugh and or sit uncomfortably and question their life decisions. Then COVID was like, hello, put on a regular show now and you'll give dying laughing a whole new meaning. And now we're like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. What do we do now? And so we decided to do what any person who thinks they were funny enough to get on SNL with a microphone can possibly do. Start a podcast and jump on the bandwagon! Yay! And so that's what we're doing! Wowzers, hello, you're here, welcome. Yeah, you can see that whatever format we decided to publish it on, it's there! And so we be adapting, boys. You gotta improvise, adapt, overcome. All that jazz said we don't improvise because we aren't fresh concepts thinking about what you're writing than editing so cool yes and more like so bland oh snap so we're so excited to have you join us and we've got a great episode lined up and today dealing with big questions thought-provoking awe-inspiring contemplative all that good stuff that we hope to get to the bottom of today For starters, imagine your favorite snack. You see it right in front of you. People would normally draw it as yellow and conceive it as such. When you look at it closer, you see it's composed of black, white, brown, maybe a little bit of that yellow, depending on the lighting. It's a beautiful arrangement of colors, very nice. As you hold it in your hand, you notice its texture. It's coarse, rough, irritating, and it gets everywhere. But as you rub it against your hand, it feels oddly comforting and soothing. You hold up to your nose to catch its smell. Bit of a saltiness to it, but you don't mind. A little bit of it gets in your nose, ingrained up there, if you will. But no matter. Finally, you hold it up to your mouth and take a bite. As the earlier scent implied, it does taste quite salty, but there's also... A, a blandness to remaining aspects that kind of balances out and makes it not too overwhelming. You crunch it in peace, happiness, solitude, completely unaware of the concerned parents looks at you on the playground, muttering to themselves, why is he eating sand on the play pit? What's going on? Where's his spouse? You're unaware that your children look on in horror. You know that you'll have to tell them about the divorce sometime, but that isn't of a concern right now. All that matters right now is your moment with your salty, 
coarse sand. Of course, I gave it away at the very end, but imagine this. Imagine that we shall call our little protagonist Ted. Imagine that you were sitting right next to Ted, and if you were unaware of me telling you that our dear troubled Ted was dining on sand, could you have identified that yourself just by hearing him chewing away at that coarse, coarse sand? Could you identify any snack or anything in the world just by the sound of it being broken up by one's molars? If you're curious to test out this moral conundrum that I've put upon your mental pantry, you are in luck today because our next segment will be testing that exact question as we follow Badcom's very own Shannon, Elliot, and Halvor in determining that in a segment called What Am I Eating? Play along and see how many you can guess right. Without further ado, please enjoy. This is What Am I Eating? Where we eat and everybody else has to guess what we are eating. Pretty much you just you just eat stuff. You chew on it and everybody else has to guess what you're chewing on. You know, you ask, what am I eating? And everybody else has to say, oh, you're eating this, you know? And that's the gist of it. And I'm, uh, I'm Elliot. What do we say about ourselves? I'm a first year. I absolutely love making paper cranes, origami cranes. Can we also do the, the best thing we, we had in our mouth today? Mm. I always love brushing my tongue, so I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna leave it with that. Nothing too exciting was in my mouth today. Yeah, word. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm Halvor. I'm also a first year. Um, I I detest origami, and I always have. Um, best thing I had in my mouth. I I took my Stratera today, and I I would say that that was a pretty incredible thing to have in your mouth, considering that it's uh. It's basically like just a tiny little amount of uh, meth that, that they that they prescribe you and how you know just thinking about the miracles of science really um um i'm shannon i'm a senior um also not a big fan of origami it's just like not i don't know i just don't have the patience for it like i just can't sit down and do anything because like i just get too jittery so yeah yeah not a not a fan but um the best thing i had in my mouth today I was eating oatmeal and I was just thinking about the texture of it. It's kind of like eating. I mean, I don't know. I kind of liked it, but it was, it kind of made me think of eating like a bunch of like maggots. Cause it's kind of like these little, they're like a little bit crunchy, you know, like the oats themselves, but it's also kind of like succulent and juicy. Anyways. So onto the, the festivities. Um, I'll go first. I have a couple of things, but it's got a sort of crinkly wrapper. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Hmm. That's a pretzel. Mm. Close. Oh, a bugle. Hmm. Not quite. It's thicker than a chip. Yes. Okay. But it's and it's crunchy. Mm. It's a it's a snack. It's food. definitely a snack food. A cheese it. No, uh, I'll give you a hint. It is, it's a food that is meant meant to be cooked, 
but in this instance, okay. served uncooked. Oh, it's yeah. ramen. It's uncooked yeah. ramen. Oh my oh. god, I'm a genius. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Prince Noodles Oodles brand of ramen okay. that I'm eating. Oh, I like Very good, Shannon. That is one point for Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were doing points. Uh, I like it. We're doing points now. <laughs> <laughs> so mine has like, I don't know if you can really hear, also got a little bit of a wrapper to mm-hmm. it. I don't know if you can hear. Mm-hmm. If we're here to crunch it up, you know. Yeah. It sounded, yeah. Is it? Is it? Um, that sounded like there was a structure that was decaying. Is it? Is it one of those like Lay's poppable chip things? Interesting, but but uh, no. It kind of not. To, I'll give you a hint. Not a chip at all. Actually. Wow. Okay. So I got like the, the kind of yeah moist sound vibes. I don't know if that's just like through my um. No, no, it's right. Oh, it's right. Huh. I'll give you a hint about the wrapping part. I'm using that word kind of loosely, you know? Oh. It's not like it's a plastic package. Is it? Is it like a fruit? Like, was is the wrapping a peel? Is it nature's wrapping? Yeah, it is. Oh. And, oh, okay. So you said it, wait, so you said it was moist. Is it? Is it possibly an apple? I mean, moist, unwrapped? That's... Uh, you know, it's an option. I'm, it's close. It's close. It's what I thought you guys were going to say. Mm, it's not it. I want to say like a citrus of some sort, but it's just like, I don't know. It's too crunchy for that. It's it's not a fruit at all. Actually. Oh. Oh. Is it is it lettuce? Closer. Oh. Cabbage? Mm. Oh. It, it, would be, it would be in a salad, if that helps. Onion. Yep. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just a red onion. Oh, see, an onion is like 100% wrapping. That's genius. That's genius. All right. One point for Elliot. <laughs> One point. And it's your turn. And it's my turn. Okay, Halver, good luck. Thank you. You sucker. Nobody's going to guess this. <laughs> um, I'm going to kind of slurp it, okay? Because it's like it's, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to detect it otherwise. I'm getting some very tender noises, but I don't know that any of them are like helpful in determining what it is. <laughs> I'm getting heavy breathing. Um, is it? It must be a drink of some kind, right? I mean, we we know it's being slurped. Or it's you know what? Or it's a powder. Oh sure. Try to think somewhere in between powder and uh, beverage, something a little bit. Ooh, is it like a like a shake? One Ooh. could say. All right, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's technically like two things, but you could easily guess them together. Um, oh, it's hot chocolate and marshmallows. No, nope. right? That that was a good guess, though. I think Thank it was you. in the right direction. It it sounded like a hot beverage. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was it um, was there a topping in the beverage, or is it just like a thing that's also in the beverage? It's just beverage, but like you know, not beverage. Um. You know, think think smoothie consistency. Is it is it a bubble tea of some sort? No. Okay. 
It's more savory than that. Oh, savory. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't eat this on its own. Oh. I mean, unless you were five or something and your parents weren't watching, but or you're me right now and you're doing a podcast where you eat. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a chunky soup? Is there like a chunky sausage in in the soup? Um, no. It's. I think you. I think you're onto something with like soup consistency. Okay. Um. Is it like? Just the powder from the mac and cheese and water. No. Oh. No. Is it close like, to that? Yeah, I think so. with uh, with pow- with mac and cheese powder and water. Really, it's a condiment. Oh. Two things okay. that two condiments that go together. Uh, two. Condiments. Ketchup and something. Yes. <gasps> That's one half of the point. <laughs> Okay. Like ketchup and is is it is it some some form of cheese? I almost hesitate to ask. <laughs> no, okay. no, it's a, it's another condiment. I gave you guys a real cheap one here. Gotcha. Um, like ketchup and mustard. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh! to be exact. You that that would be the consistency I... of like. Un unmacked cheese, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I was like marching through a cafe Mac, like picking out a ton of these like <laughs> um, tiny condiment packets, and then I was sitting here like squeezing them out into a bowl and spooning it out. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible mental image. Thank you so much. So okay, so how how does everything total up? I think we each got one point, right? Yeah. Technically, Shannon did get one and a half points for guessing ketchup. Well, then, that's that's pretty fantastic. Then, then we we stand one point each, and and an extra half point for Shannon. Very exciting. Very good Wonderful. job, guys. All right, we did it. Yeah. Let's see, what can we say that is very amusing that people will remember? We eat onions. We eat onions. We eat weird things. Yeah, bad onions, bad ketchup, bad comedy. We do it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh what am I eating? Yay! Stay tuned for next time. Woo. Thanks guys. How many did you get right? Write it down and send it to bad comedy at whatever email service you prefer. Hit send and hope that it gets to us some way somehow and that you got lucky enough to guess our email properly. Our next segment deals with Another big question. Of course, they had many big questions throughout the years. Like, how will the United States finally get a hold of Corona? How did Tupac really die? Or, as pondered by BATCOM members past, what is the proper mathematical formula to calculate when it's appropriate to make a 9-11 joke? Whatever those answers are, just throw them out the window. Irrelevant. Not here for those questions. Not important. The real mystery of our era, our lifetimes, something we will tell our, our, those who come after us for years to come, the biggest question is, what does it mean to ring the bell? For those of you who may not know, outside McAllister's small, small campus, though equally lovely, we have a bell outside the admissions office. Nice bell, bronze, rings quite loud at night when people ring it. 
it had rang one of the first few nights I was here. And the thing the thing is, when people ring it, do we really know what its deeper meaning is? What does it mean? What? Why do people do it? What's it trying to communicate to the rest of our peers? This mystery has long been unsolved, and we have our very own Leah and Patrick on the case, solving, trying to solve it once and for all in a segment we like to call As the Bell Rings. Take it away! Imagine you're a first year at McAllister College, and it's your first weekend on campus. You had a full day of orientation activities, and now you're back in your dorm to get some rest. You snuggle up under your covers and close your eyes, when suddenly you hear something like this. You think, what was that? That bell on campus? Why did it just ring three times and why are people cheering? What does it mean? You assume you'll find out soon enough since you're still learning about all the Mac traditions. And yet, all of the students on campus, including the ones who just cheered, probably have the exact same question in their heads as you when they heard those three rings. It's the question we'll be trying to answer on this podcast. What does it mean? This is As the Bell Rings. Hello, I'm Patrick Coybjork. And I'm Leah Prince. Welcome to As the Bell Rings, an investigation into the meaning and mythos of the McAllister Bell. Patrick and I started our investigation by individually interviewing all of Bad Comedy on what they knew about the bell, specifically what they believed the various number of rings signified. Okay, Ryan, as a first year, you're new to the McAllister campus. What do you know about the bell outside of the Weyerhaeuser admissions building? Well, I know for a fact that it's something related to sex. What I think the first, because mm-hmm. all the varying means of what the bell means, they all revolve around sex some way, somehow. I know that people ring the bell when they, am I allowed to say fuck? Uh, uh, sure. Prob- yeah, sure. Yeah. I've, I've never heard like a consistent um, like detail on the number of rings. Um, but it, there seems to be consensus that you ring it the first time and you only ring it once if you're losing your on-campus virginity. So if you had sex for the first time on campus, you ring it once. And then from there on, it gets a little fuzzy. Indeed, it does get fuzzy, as you'll hear from Badcom's variety of answers. Two times I thought was they fucked in a classroom. Then three rings if you have sex uh, in, a, in a classroom. I've heard five rings if it's the first time you have sex on campus and it's the first time you had sex two rings is when you hooked up with someone on campus and that was also like when you lost your virginity three is like you've had sex in i don't know like every academic building or something like that i think it's five times if you do it in every single building on campus i think six spells it was that you had sex in all the buildings two rings uh if you uh have a threesome Some people say three rings is when you have a threesome. Some people say that's four rings. Some people say three rings is sex in every academic building. 
And some people say three rings is sex under the bell. Three times is they fucked under the bell. There was some number of rings that was every academic building. Mm-hmm. There was another one that was maybe every four- floor of the library. It was like maybe three bells had sex in the library. Four times and five times are kind of a mystery to me. As many rings as you want if you fuck the professor. Six times is every building except for the pre- no, including the president's house. Oh! <laughs> One member of BADCOM wasn't as helpful as the rest. Um, yeah, so I actually heard, so one ring um, is if by land, and then two is by sea. <laughs> um, yeah. kind of, to my knowledge, so... Right, okay, well, he, let me throw something at you. Some other people that we've interviewed from BADCOM have said that people ring the bell when various sexual acts. Have Whoa, I'm right. hoping no one on this campus is in, engaged in sexual acts. Well, yeah, I, I, I know, let's too. hope not. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly. Okay. Clearly, Thank there's you a for lot being of, there's a lot an of active hindrance. We asked them all one more question. Have you personally ever rung the bell? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Um, yes, I have. I did ring it my first year. Um... Because I was very like go McAllister, go McAllister traditions. <laughs> yes, I did. It was underwhelming and inconsequential. Have you personally ever rung the bell? Yes. Oh. How many and <laughs> what? Thanks, Patty. Were you surprised? Was that an oh is it your surprise? <gasps> uh, just admiration <laughs> have you ever run how many bell? times have you guys ever how many run the bell? uh no neither of us no we have not have you personally ever rung the bell you think i fuck no <laughs> i have but i rang it like four years after it i just rang it oh that's awesome yeah yeah it was it was kind of nice oliver's interview was extremely helpful he gave us our first big lead about the bell's history. Um, so I've heard a lot of different um, stories about what the bell is. Mm. Um, the most interesting thing I've heard is the origin story of the bell. What? Or at least what I was told was the origin story of the bell. I can't speak sure? to its veracity. But what I was told was that it started with like some group of friends who were like talking about it was like their first year and they were talking about like who had hooked up on campus yet. And some, one of them like was talking about like how they had like had sex on campus for the first time. And they were like, damn, wish I hadn't done it with that person. And someone made a joke about like, Oh, you can't unring the bell. And then it became a thing in that group that every time they like hooked up with someone on campus, they would ring the bell. And then it oh evolved God. and mutated. That's what Oliver, I was told. This, this is fantastic. This is such quality. This is so, such good content. Okay, do you, okay. Do, you, I, do you have any sort of knowledge about maybe when this happened? Like what year, whereabouts? I have no idea, really. I heard this like from multiple people. Like there were a couple of Macward Bound leaders that were talking about it last year and they said like the 80s. But then another like mm-hmm. junior that I had a class with said the 60s so i don't really know man we wanted to investigate this further and so leah looked into the mac archives 
to see what she could dig up about the bell. Okay, Leah, mm-hmm. what do you got? Okay, so I went through uh, the Mac Weekly archives. I was able to find uh, six articles that directly reference the bell with you know the meaning that we know of it today. Um, so the first of these articles is from 1993 by Jenny L. Tink, titled, Is It Live or Is It Memorex? Despite complete overhaul, Bell Tower, a dead ringer for original. So this gives some history of the bell and actually how the bell became associated with sex in the first place. So, uh, originally the bell was known as the kissing bell. Students would kiss underneath the bell and then ring it right after, Um, And then later, you know, times changed, society progressed, um, and the bell took on a different meaning. meaning, And it was referred to specifically in this article as the virginity bell. Hmm. So this seems to contradict the theory that Oliver brought up, that he heard. Oh, it completely demolished it. Yeah, and actually, um, the Mac Weekly in the 1950s and early 60s, um, it ran a column announcing engagements titled Rings from the Bell Tower. So you can see that the bell tower was, like, associated with with romance. And then you can see how later that would have changed at some, like, unspecified time. Mm. So there's another article from 1996, which has much of the same information. Um, Then the next article that mentions the bell uh, is sort of a comedy article from 1998 titled, Unfortunately, Did Someone Say Booty? How to Study Up on This Liberal Art. Um, So... (laughs) In this article, it says that you can ring the bell to announce the departure of your Mac virginity or just to get community support for your sex life. So in other words, you ring it when you lose your Mac virginity, and if you really want, you can ring it at other times. Then uh, there's another article in 2001, which is sort of a a joke column, and it sort of alludes um, like a, a fake story of the origin of the bell, which like alludes to losing one's virginity in total, not just your Mac virginity, um, so that would sort of imply that you should only ring the bell when you lose your virginity, but this is, again, it's like a joke column. It's mm-hmm. not meant to be taken seriously. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, then there's another sort of joke article from 2007. Um, so in this article, it's referred to as the sex bell rather than the virginity bell, which is somewhat different. Um, and the implication seems to be that, you know, a sexually active person might ring this bell at any time, you know, not just mm-hmm. for losing... Uh, their mag virginity so and then the, the final article chronologically that mentions the bell in this context is uh from 2013 and it uh it states that you ring the bell quote when you lose your mac virginity having just had sex on campus for the first time whether or not you have had sex beforehand so um yeah, this gives like a very specific definition of when uh you should ring the bell which is when you lose your mac virginity and this does seem to match the uh large consensus of a definition for ringing the bell once Mm -hmm. that we have nowadays. Correct. So uh, what do these articles tell us? Number one, they give us uh, the history of the bell, how it came to be. Oliver's theory is just not true. Um, And then second of all, uh, they give us, you know, a a fairly clear consensus on what one ring of the bell means. Now, what this can't tell us is, you know, when specifically the shift happens I don't know if that's possible to know. It was, sure, it was sort of gradual. And then number two, it, it doesn't tell us what multiple rings mm. of the bell might mean. Oh boy, we still have some work to do. We sure do. And that work will be done. Patrick and I won't rest until we've uncovered all the mysteries surrounding the bell. 
We'll see you next time. This has been As the Bell Rings. Thrilling work, Patrick and Leah. Keep us posted. And with that, that wraps up our very first episode. Thank you all so much again for tuning in. This is a new beginning for all of us here at Badcom, and we're so excited to have had you. If you enjoyed this episode, awesome! Check out the next episode or two that we got lined up just for you. Yes, you! Hooray! And share it with your friends, share it with your pod, share it with your squad, share it with your parents, share it with your lovers, brothers, sisters, whatever. Share it to your pet, you want to make him happy, all that jazz. And if you didn't like this episode, want to make us feel sad, heartbroken, share it with those you hate. Share with those you despise. Your annoying coworker, your your ass of an ex, the person who killed your father and you want to prepare them to die. So what you gonna do? I'm making listen to this podcast, death by podcast. You never know. Never know. You know, like, what, what would we really would hate that would really piss us off? Like, if you told those to just share it with their friends, share it on their social medias, all that, spreading the word, oh, we would hate that free promotion. Mm-mm. And, yeah, so thank you again so much for checking in either way. And I am your host, Ryan, signing off. Remember, And remember, stay positive and test negative. Take care, everybody.